Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, as we are now recording this episode, the Sabres are down 4 nothing to the Tampa Bay Lightning and are heading towards their third straight loss, third loss since we recorded last. And it's been a, a tough stretch of games for them here against some of the best teams in the NHL. They had a 5-3 loss against the Hurricanes on Thursday after beating them 4-2 on Tuesday. They then lost in the last few seconds against Florida 4-3 on what was... Whew, that was a tough one. I really thought that they were going to take it to overtime, and then Jonathan Huberdeau ends up picking up the puck, gets it to Barkov, who then passes it to Sam Bennett wide open in front of the net for the win with just seconds remaining. And then, as I had said before, now they are heading in to the third period down 4 nothing to the Tampa Bay Lightning. If there's one thing I think that can be taken away from this stretch of three games, it is the fact that they need to figure out a new option and goal next year alongside UPL because, as we've said the past couple of weeks, since reports came out that they were considering re-signing Anderson, vibes are not enough to bring this guy back next year. He's just, his time is up. At least it is with the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, what's your takeaway from these past three games, and do you agree in terms of the need of them to them to move on from Anderson? Yeah, so in terms of Thursday's and Friday's games, those to me seem like they aren't bad losses considering the circumstances that the Sabres find themselves in, but are would have been bad losses had they been in any kind of contention right now. Because So they blow with, what, a 3-1 lead in both games? Yes. Uh, and obviously, like you described, the Florida game was especially painful. But, like, they played really well against these these two teams. Top-tier teams, yeah. Yeah, the two best teams in the East, and I don't think it's really that much of a mark against them to say that they're not quite as good as those teams or they couldn't hold those two teams off at this point with how everything's going. Like, that's, that's those aren't terrible losses to me, and they're still scoring in both of those games, which is good. Oh, yeah. Jeff Skinner got to 30 goals, which is nice. Today is, for the first time since Edmonton a few weeks ago, they a total stinker, and you you could say they've played six games in uh, ten days now or nine days, whatever ten days. That's not good. They played against a lot of good teams, but yeah, this has been a a really brutal effort today against another one of the best teams in the league. Uh, luckily, though, you know we got only two more games against good teams left uh, against Toronto and St. Louis before things really loosen up. And to your other point, yes, I, I agree on Anderson. I think there there were some arguments on. Sabres Twitter a few weeks ago when the Sabres started to really, the vibe started to turn around about like, what would have happened if Anderson was healthy all year and they didn't have to play Aaron Dell and uh, Malcolm Subban and whoever else played. And uh, the honest answer is it, they wouldn't be that different. Like Anderson's a little bit better right. than those guys, but like you were, no matter what happened, you weren't getting quality goaltending for most of the year because Anderson is below average. Right. You're getting a little bit closer to average, but still below average. Yes, for both him and Tokarski. Right. So there's no scenario where it's like, well, what if they had good goaltending? Well, what if? I don't know. 
what if they had Sidney Crosby? Things <laughs> be different. I mean, it's it's not, but that's not exactly what you're getting out of it. And I think and I don't think there's anyone here who's like, yeah, well, you took Harsky back next year, but unless it's in Rochester, maybe. Yeah, I think you absolutely, and we'll be talking about you know, the goaltending in general and the future of that. I'm sure, but yeah, we they really need to start looking at the UFA market, RFA market, and trade market right now to see what they're going to do for next year because I don't really want to see anyone except for UPL that play goalie this year ever again. Right, I completely agree, and that's the thing too is that under no circumstances will there be a scenario other than a one A one B with UPL and then another guy coming in because UP it, like next year is make or break for UPL in my opinion. I think that. There, there's no scenario where that guy is starting the season in Rochester or anything less than you know being in a, a split time like a 50-50 split situation. You have to get an idea of what this guy is now. You know he's had his struggles in Rochester this year, and we alluded to this last week. Some people have been bringing it up more and more. Whether that's maybe more to do with Seth Seth Appert's system than anything else, because weirdly some of the goalies UPL namely have played better in Buffalo than he has in Rochester, which really just shouldn't be the case. Yeah. But there are questions surrounding that. However, either way, UPL is going to have to be the guy next year, and I think that the move is going to be you get a guy who – because you're not going to find a legit starter on the market anywhere. So what you can do is you get somebody to go into a 1A, 1B situation with him who can split minutes with him, who can push him – to take that next step. I think that Anderson is just going to be too much comfort, I guess, in a way, because you really can't expect Anderson to to push him in the way that I think he needs. I mean, yeah, sure, maybe he could be a good mentor for him in the room, but we need to win games. Yes. That's what it comes down to. You need somebody who is going to help you win games, who is going to push UPL to be a better goalie, to, to give him a challenge, and... You know, I, I don't know if it's UFA because that could be a little bit thin, and we all know how going after UFAs can negatively affect you uh, in, in the long run, even in some cases in the short term as well. But if there's an RFA out there, if there's a younger goalie who maybe hasn't been able to completely grab on, um, I know two of the guys that have been thrown out there, you and I really aren't a fan of between Georgiev and Corpisalo. You know, it's yeah, it, no, maybe those guys it, are terrible. Right. Maybe it's looking elsewhere. Like, I think, you know, from the UFA pool, a guy who makes sense, I think we brought his name up a couple weeks ago, is maybe Brayden Holpe. He's played okay for Dallas this year. I think he's hurt still right now. But he was splitting time with Jake Ottinger. And it's a similar situation where you have a younger goalie who is really trying to emerge and assert himself as a legit NHL starter. And Holpe was able to provide a, like in a consistent backup role. There was a few stretches there where he was a starter, for, where he was starting a majority of the games for them. But eventually Ottinger ended up turning things around and took hold of the job up there. And we all knew how crowded Dallas's crease was at the beginning of the year. I mean, you have the threat of Ben Bishop potentially, but he was hurt. Anton Hudobin, I mean, he's a couple years removed from a cup run with them. So it was a crowded crease there. But Holtby was really able to cement himself as the number two guy there along with Ottinger. And I think that he is somebody that if you bring him in on like a one or two year deal, I think that's an, an avenue you can explore if the trade market ends up not being what you want it to be. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Three of those Dallas goalies are Stanley Cup uh, starters. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Pretty wild. Um, but yeah, looking at um, Anderson, for, first of all, the Lightning just scored. God, Ross good. Colton. 
And second, uh, I believe, if I'm doing my math correctly, that drops Anderson under 900. He was at 901 entering today. So Not good. No, obviously not. I mean, that's horrific. Yeah, that's, that's bad. Well, <coughs> for the Sabres' upcoming slate of games... They're taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto on Tuesday, followed by a game at home against the Blues on Thursday. And they round out the week with a back-to-back against Philadelphia on the 16th and 17th, at home on Saturday the 16th, and away at Philadelphia on Sunday the 17th. But the big news from the week, if there's been one positive that has come out of this past week in Sabres hockey, it is the signing of Owen Power to his entry-level contract. Michigan ends up losing in the Frozen Four. Power signed. The next day, Kevin Weeks broke the news. He's already practicing with the team. He had gotten a morning skate in today as we're recording, or earlier in the day today that we were recording, of course, on Sunday. Uh, And it appears he is going to make his NHL debut on Tuesday against the Maple Leafs, which would be nice because it's kind of like his first game will be right in his backyard as he grew up in Mississauga. So... Then that means that Thursday against St. Louis will be his Buffalo Sabres debut on home ice. So very exciting week coming up, getting to see Owen Power. Unfortunately, his teammate Eric Portillo did decide to go back to Michigan, which I think is maybe raising some red flags there. uh, (laughs) Maybe a little bit. Uh, Today in a press conference after the morning skate, he, Owen Power was asked flat out if you know he had talked to Eric Portillo about it, had tried to sway him or anything, and he said no, he didn't try and sway him, but that he felt as though you know because Portillo is in business school and Michigan has a really good business school that he wanted to finish out and I, I think just get closer to his degree or if he was able to finish after next year. It remains to be seen if that is going to be the case with him walking to free agency or if he will end up eventually signing. Um, but I, I I think it's. It's a bit worrisome, Taylor, that he did not sign. The Sabres next year do not have any goalies under contract. Uh, UPL is, a, is an RFA after this year, so, I mean, of course he's going to be back, but it just depends, you know, in what capacity or what the term is going to be with this deal. But we don't know who else is going to be. We don't know who's going to be starting in Rochester. And ideally, the Sabres would have wanted to have one of Eric Portillo or Devin Levi sign this offseason so that they could lead the way in Rochester next year. So... A bit worrisome, to say the least. Uh, I'm not as worried about Levi, and I think Levi is the higher priority here in terms of what his trajectory could be in the NHL goalie that he could end up becoming. But with that being said, Eric Portillo is very promising, and they really needed to get him locked up. Yeah, absolutely. So just to uh, go through the process, it's it's weird with college free agents because Portillo will not be a senior next year. But like he was one of those guys that got drafted, committed, to college and then played another year of juniors yep. for whatever reason. So it will after next year it'll be four years from the draft. Now let's say this same situation happens. They lose in the Frozen Four. We have a few games left. If I'm I'm not mistaken in saying that he would have the op- opportunity to sign with the Sabers and that would burn a year of his ELC, right? Correct. So then he would be closer to uh, unrestricted free agency or or getting paid in general, getting a real deal, restricted free agency. Yeah, all that stuff. It would move him ahead a year. So you'd have to, if you wanted to sign with someone else, you'd have to burn that year, or do the opposite of burn that year. Right. Uh, and then he would have to wait till August 15th to sign somewhere. Yep. So that's, it's a possibility. Uh, the thing is, and I, I don't know if any, I mean, I'm sure this is obvious, but maybe it's not, signing, not being able to sign until August 15th is a disadvantage. You have six weeks of deals being made. Teams know 
They have their guy. It's even worse for goalies because you, you'll have Definitely. your goalies. You can always find room for a skater, Jimmy VC type guy, but it's teams usually have their, their goalies sorted out. Like it worked for Cal Peterson or whatever. So there's some disadvantages. On the other hand, if he's really intent on playing somewhere else and not being at Buffalo, he, it's very much in his hands now. He... It's not the same as Levi. He only he's already going back for this last year. Like Levi would have to forego two more two years basically. Correct. And he's already done one. Yep. He has to do two more. I mean that's that'd be kind of interesting. I don't think it ends up happening with him. I think Levi signs after next season. Yeah. Well, this is what confused me. As soon as Levi uh, announced that he was gonna go back, I like oh that's great for Portillo because Levi obviously has moved ahead of Portillo in our minds in the depth chart. Yes, our mental depth chart. Yeah, the, the organizational mental depth chart. Yeah, but Portillo would have a chance to be like, hey, I have a good year in Rochester under my belt. What does he have? Another year playing for Northeastern? Yeah. Like, that that would be huge for Portillo. It's a, it's a leg up for him. He's a year older than Levi, I believe. Yeah, I think so. So that would be huge for him, and I don't know why he didn't take that opportunity. On the other hand... There's, there always could be personal reasons here. Uh, Levi wants to... I'm sure he didn't want his college career to end with him having kind of a mental error that led to the season ending, but also they probably weren't winning anyway. And I'm sure Portillo thinks he can win a national championship. Now, as far as I know, isn't did everyone leave Michigan? Is anyone still staying there? I know... Is uh, Luke Hughes? He didn't sign, did he? I don't think he did, actually. That would be interesting if he yeah. won for a second year at Michigan. I mean, that's what Power did. Yeah, but he wasn't drafted, though, at, before his first Oh, game. yeah. No, that's a good point, actually. Like, Power, yeah. is, Power went as a young fellow. Like You're right. Michael did. Like, Hughes... He got a year under. Kind of yeah, insane. that would be nuts. I mean, yeah, that's a good point, Taylor. I don't know. Uh, Did he have, like, I, 17 goals as a defenseman this year? He, I mean, he's a... He is just, like, his brothers. I feel like they are all the same. Yeah. All the Hugheses are the same, where they're just... Insane skaters. Like, yes. his skating was standout good in that game. But, like Quinn Hughes, not the best defensively, but again, if you're just, like, an offensive powerhouse... You take it. Yeah, exactly. Man. Yeah, so, and I think Kent Johnson signed yesterday and Bernier signed today. Correct, yeah. I'm so checking on Luke Hughes. They're right not going to be the same... I mean, they'll be good. They're always good. But, like, they're not going to be the same thing next year. Like, this was... That's not going to happen ever again that you have four of the top five picks on one team. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, like they're obviously they they were good enough to win it. I, I watched more college hockey this uh, tournament than I normally do. Did you watch the game yesterday, the championship? I didn't actually. No, I did not end up watching it. Oh, I had a weird experience with that because I watched. I was watching, and Minnesota State was dominating defensively. Like Denver, I don't think had one quality chance that I saw. They had, like eight shots through two periods. Wow. And in the intermission, they were talking about how Minnesota, if they had a shutout, Minnesota State that is would have the record for uh, fewest goals allowed in a season, basically. Goals per game, I think. Mm-hmm. So early in the third period, I left. I had somewhere to go. And then about 45 minutes later, I got a notification on my phone that Denver won 5-1. to one. <laughs> My gosh. I have no idea what happened. What? <laughs> that's bizarre. The Hobie Baker winner is Minnesota State's goalie. Yeah. Like, that's... I have no idea how that happened. He had even better numbers than Devin Levi, which is crazy to yeah. think. Well, aside from save percentage. Well, say, yeah, save percentage aside. But aside like from the how board. often you stop the puck, I guess. <laughs> no, I know, because other know, people are saying that. I mean, he won the Hobie Baker. Right. Like, it, it bugs me a little bit. 
But what I don't, I'm not gonna have real opinions on college hockey. But then Devin Levi won the goalie of the year award too. Which yeah, is it makes total sense. Yeah, good job, voters. Yeah. Um, and I don't think a goalie had won Hobie Baker since Ryan Miller. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's kind of like goalies never win the Hart Trophy really very mm-hmm. often in the NHL. It's happened. Besides Hashik, I remember it happening two times ever. Yeah. So shout out Jose Theodore. Yeah, one of the only Hart Trophy winners to not make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Very, very, very short list. Let's get to the good side of this conversation, though, and that's Owen Power signing and seemingly going to make his debut on Tuesday against Toronto. Uh, you know, it's it's one thing to be excited about him. I, I think, like, for all of us, we were kind of very excited to eventually see his season end and eventually get him to sign and see him in a Sabres uniform. But, man, there was just something about watching the video this morning of him stepping onto the ice in like his practice uniform and like seeing him in like in the Sabres helmet and just like I'm really excited about this guy you know you and I both were a bit skeptical going into the draft because we thought that Benier should have been the pick back then I I think we both changed our minds and have come around on the idea of taking him because it was never that this guy isn't going to be good. Never it was, listen to me about prospects. Well, no, no, no. no. It's <laughs> never, it was never, this guy isn't going to be good. It was more, historically speaking, taking a forward at the top of the draft, ends up working out than taking a defenseman. Yeah. And with his case, I mean, his profile and his stock has just continued and continued to rise. And taking him first overall was the right move, you know? <clears throat> so I guess yeah. To Taylor's point, don't listen to us. I guess. No, but at you the same listen time, to Brendan. Yeah, you well, like you. I, I do. Pay attention yeah. to these things. Maybe I was doing a good luck thing though, since I was so critical of Josh Allen that I wanted to make you know have some good juice. This was your plan all along. Yeah. Look, I mean, it worked for Jack Quinn. Exactly. It seems to See? have worked at least. But yeah. So, anyways, though, to my like, oh, I, you know, I can't stand this Isaac Rosen guy. Can't believe we took oh, him. Unbelievable. Brutal. Hopefully they uh, hopefully ends up working out by some miracle. You ask me, he's he's like another Rosen. <laughs> oh my god! We'll see if that's that a cursed comparison. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but yeah, I, there was just something about seeing him today walk out of the tunnel and like, I'm jacked up for this dude to be a Buffalo Saber now. Like, things are already going in a. a fairly okay direction right now at least in the grand scheme of things like post all-star break obviously the this past three game stretch hasn't been great i mean they did play two strong games though against again carolina and florida they're getting their ass beat right now but in general like this generally speaking good stretch of hockey is continuing for them i think vibes in the room are really good right now vibes looking ahead to next season are really good and getting this guy in the mix who maybe not right off the bat, right off the bat is going to be like a major impact player for them. But like getting him some games now and like getting his confidence up and getting him acclimated to the room, acclimated to the NHL pace, giving him a taste of it, going into a pretty big offseason for the Sabres and for him. I mean, I can't wait to see how he's going to look. Yeah, it's it's honestly very exciting. We haven't really had someone come at this time of year in a long time that we were excited about. I honestly don't remember the last time. Because, like, we were excited for Eichel and Reinhardt, but, like, they were there for the first game of the year. Right. When's the last time we had a college guy like this? Our college guy's usually, like, Casey Nelson and Chad Ruiz. Jesus. Middlestat, probably, right? Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I'm more excited now than I was for yeah, yeah. But I was kind of excited for him. I expected a lot oh, more yeah. than what we've seen so far. Middlestat's probably the only recent one that I can really think of. Because Vanek didn't... Now I'm trying to think. Oh, there's a lockout, so right. it didn't matter. Yeah. 
Um, no, who are we missing too? Uh, was Evan Rodriguez one also? Or was he an off-season one? He might have been an off-season Well, we didn't one. draft him, though. No, that's what I mean. But you can sign guys right after the he, season, no, though. And yes, because um, of all our free agent signings, Evan Rodriguez is like top 10 all-time in points. Jesus. You know, actually, this is a yeah, good thing. That's... People put out the Sabres have been really bad with four free agent forwards in their history. Do you know who are their all-time leading scorer is for free agent forwards? I recently saw this, actually, and I do, and I'm trying to remember now, but I'm blanking on it. Who is it? Kyle Oposo. Kyle Oposo, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if anyone else has, like, even more than 100 points. It's bad, <laughs> so it's not good. Yeah. But I'm sure free agent goaltending will work out better. Anyway, um, oh but yeah, to your point, yeah, I'm really excited about Owen Power. It's just, it's a very cool thing. Uh, just Obviously, I want the Sabres to win. I want, I want next year to be uh, a year where they bridge the gap a little bit between where they are now and where they want to be in 2024. Yeah. So, like, let's say they miss the playoffs by 12 points. Yeah. 25. Um, but I really, it's really cool to be able to watch, like, incredibly talented players on your team. Like, we, we have that privilege right now with the Bills. We have, like, six guys yeah. on the Bills that are, like, as good as anyone I ever watched on the Bills in my first 20 years of being a fan. Yep. And we have... I don't want to bring up sore subject, but, like, it was cool watching Eichel, the player, for a few years. It never worked out as a team, but, like, every once in a while he scored a goal, and you're like, wow, I can't believe I cheer for that guy. It's going to be cool to hopefully have someone like Power who who could be the best defenseman in the world, maybe, if he lives up to his potential. I don't know. If <laughs> me, like, you know, Cal McCarr is better than him. It's hard yeah. for me to see him being Cal McCarr or Adam Fox, but, like, he'd be in that conversation, yeah. maybe. Maybe he's, like, as good as, say, Charlie McAvoy. Someone like that. I would be just thrilled if he ends up being as good as Charlie McAvoy, man. I, You know what? It's got to work out at some point. The Sabres have had so few great defensemen in their history, too. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Sabres have had great goaltending. I don't even want to tell you who, but I think the Sabres have the most Vezina winners. Mm-hmm. Either us or Montreal, it's got to be. Yeah. The Sabres have had awesome forwards. Usually not for a very long time, but like Perot, Robert, Martin, McGillney, LaFontaine. Michael, unfortunately, Andrzej Chatan, even oh, guys yeah. like Vanek, I think would count there. Yeah, Briere and Drury briefly. They've had a ton of good forwards. They're defensemen. Like if you were starting an all-time like icing a starting lineup for the Sabers, you pick the entire history. Who are your defensemen? Mike Ramsey. And Tim Horton was like in his forties. Yeah, I mean Housley is. How, is it Housley? Housley is pro- is the best defenseman in franchise history, right? I mean him and Herman Ramsey. So he is the best. No one's close offensively. To yeah, Housley. but a lot of people, let's most say, our parents' generation. Excuse me, most productive yeah, defenseman in NHL A lot of people at our parents' age thought he was kind of soft, and I was always like, "Come on, mm-hmm. real, real boomer opinion there." And then I, and then he coached coach, the team. <laughs> and I was like, this guy's soft. This guy's soft. I see. I see everyone's point. Um, touche. Touche. He has unbelievable numbers, though. He's yeah, fantastic. Uh, he was really. He's like. I think. He got the closest since Brian Leach to getting 100 points as a defenseman. Mm-hmm. He had, like, 97 one year. Yeah, so, I mean, he yeah, like, he was it, productive, but, like, otherwise it really hasn't been there. It's it's prob- no, it's, Those, it's those like, are probably the two that are yeah. up there. And who else? Like, like, Bill Height? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean... who, who Brian the, Campbell? <laughs> Brian Campbell's a good example. And he, unfortunately, we only got, like, three years of his prime here because mm-hmm. Darcy didn't want to pony up. Darcy or Palisano or Larry Quinn or whoever. I'll blame all of them, honestly. I'm good with blaming them all. Yeah, like, the the, the defensemen that we had that were good in 05, 06, 06, 07, 
besides Campbell, they're mostly just solid guys. Like Talinder, Ludman, Kalinin. Newmanin. Newmanin. All those guys are rock solid. None of them are spectacular. Jordan Leopold after that, another guy that's just like solid. And then you, the guys they've had since have been, I mean. Atrocious. Yes. Guys like Tyler Myers is their mate. It's their number one. That's not, you don't want that. Andre Mazaros. <laughs> Rasmus Ristolainen. <laughs> Josh George is playing on the first pairing. Bogosian. Bogosian, yeah. It Oof. continues through Yoki Haru, unfortunately. <laughs> so, <coughs> excuse me. Darlene has looked a lot better, as we mentioned. So, Darlene and Power together, that could be one and two all time for us. Theoretically, depending on how they work out. Yeah. Like, look at, look at the defenseman in the, even in the 90s. Like, people we like, like Jason Woolley, good. Good defenseman. Jay McKee, good. Yeah. Uh, are you a Jimmy Dimitri Kalina. <laughs> um, oh, God. I, no, it's hard for me to say that I'm a Zitnik guy because I feel like he had he had his moments with the in the nineties, but like he just I don't know. I, I never felt like I was consistently like, wow, what a steady presence back there he is. Even though he probably was of that era the steadiest presence that they had on the blue line, and I think that's more of a testament to the lack of talent back there at that time aside from, you know, some of the guys you mentioned there, then it is a testament to, like, Zitnik's talent. Yeah. Yeah. Why, are you a Zitnik guy? No, I mean, he's, he's pretty good, I guess. That's right. He, he was good. He's Zitnik. In, in the Stanley Cup run. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, but he I think was... He was... Him and Wooly were the leading scorers <laughs> for the playoffs. Uh, shout out Jason Wooly. Also, one more shout out for good defenseman we've had. Good, Who's not that? great. Doug Bodger. Doug Bodger, our man. Guest. Yeah, he's also was good, you know... But I get someone who wasn't getting Norris votes. When we did the thing last year, you did a quiz with me on Sabres who have gotten award votes. Mm-hmm. Was there anyone that got Norris votes? I honestly don't remember. I mean, Housley must have with the numbers. I'm sure, out. at some point. Yeah, I honestly am blanking on that, Taylor. I don't remember. That was a while yeah. ago we did that. Yeah. Wild. So, you could say I'm excited about potentially having yeah, a good yeah. defenseman finally. Or two. Two great defensemen on the same team. And that would be awesome. I We throw out the comparison before, I've at least I have, of the Blues teams in the first half of last decade that had Petrangelo on the first pairing and then Shattenkirk on the second. But, like, Dallin could be better than Shattenkirk. Like, his ceiling is yeah. definitely higher. Oh, yeah. Especially as a defender. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm, so, speaking of defenders, though, uh, what is going on with Ryan Johnson? I don't know, actually. I, I don't think that there's been a report one way or another so far yet. At least that's my understanding. You want to check on that and see if there's I, been anything new? I, I just looked at oh, a minute ago. Yeah. I have not seen anything on that. No, that's that's the other... Uh, well, <coughs> I shouldn't say the other. That's the remaining piece of the puzzle, really, for the Sabres with the, the, the college uh, unsigned players that they have, that they've drafted. I mean, Johnson is really the only one left now at this point, now that we know Portillo and Levi are going back. Some of the other guys who are in college right now aren't close to being ready to come out. Somebody like Aaron Hewlin, for example, his Michigan team, or Michigan, Jesus, Minnesota teammate, I should say. Um, Did you uh, read the, the Scott Wheeler piece in The Athletic about him? About? Hewlin? No, what was it? I must have missed it. He basically missed two years of hockey. Yeah, yeah. a back injury. So it's a good good piece. If you have the athletic, check that out. Good read about someone who maybe would be a saber someday. Yeah, we'll see. Very interesting. Yeah. So you know what's interesting? Tell me, Taylor. I'm wondering what our DraftKings read is going to be this week. Ooh. Last week we had UFC. Exciting stuff right now. Ooh, it's another hockey one. All right. All right let's get to it. All right. Hoops fans. Hoops fans. 
Uh, I'm not talking about the NBA for a while. Because <laughs> I don't want to talk about some, some someone else here I could name on this podcast. His team might sweep my team in the first round. So I'd rather not deal with that. That's right. Anyway, hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw the cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win. Get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See our show notes for more details. Okay. All right. Excuse. <coughs> wow. Wow. We got the cold boys. Here. I know. The cold boys out, out and about. Huh. So what else is going on, Taylor? Well, Scott Scheffler just won the Masters. Do you have any take oh, on that? Oh, wow. Yeah. Shout out Scott Scheffler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good for him. Good for you, Scott. Sabres are still playing, so they're they're winding down uh, the clock on this uh, kind of throwaway Sunday afternoon game. Not a memorable game. But if we want to talk about this, the end of the season is really in the regular season, I should say. is uh, it's It's right there. And like I said earlier, they basically have two tough games left now that this Tampa game's almost over. And Tuesday, they're in Toronto. Now, if it was in Buffalo, I'd say very winnable because Toronto wins here like 10% of the time. Yeah. But it's in Toronto. And then we have St. Louis. And then after after they play St. Louis on Thursday, uh, which would be Powers' home debut, as you mentioned, we there's a home-and-home home with the Flyers who are have really dropped like a rock <laughs> these past two seasons. Good God. Yeah. Remember how good they were going into the bubble? What happened to them? Yeah. And then they have the Devils, who, uh, in terms of um, goaltending, are having one of the worst seasons ever, and their best player is out for the season. Uh, So that's brutal. Tough scene. They host the Islanders on the 23rd. The Islanders are the only team in the East I would describe as average. Everyone else in the East, I think, is either good or bad, pretty distinctly. And I think the Islanders are the exception here. And I think they maybe wouldn't be the exception if they held on to Devontae's, Devontae's, however you say his name. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Uh, And then they have a weirdly long break. The Sabres do. They have five days off. Why do they have five days off? Anyway, then they're playing at Boston. Uh, Boston's good. And then another very winnable game, a home game versus the Chicago Blackhawks, who are uh, also very bad. Yes. (laughs) So we're really looking, you know, the season's going to be over in... uh, Three weeks? Yeah. Three weeks? And then we're going to have to talk playoffs, I guess, on here? I mean, we'll dive really. into some of our uh, our draft scouting as well. Yeah. Maybe we'll have some people on to talk, you know, our, our, our friends uh, across the Hockey Podcast Network. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what's it like to be in the playoffs? <laughs> Tell um, me, what's your experience like being good? Enjoying <laughs> watching hockey. <laughs> um, but, yeah, looking ahead, though, I was, I was thinking about this because um, – our friend Jay Fresh, who was on yes. uh, Wednesday's episode, Thursday's episode with us, he mentioned the Sabres trying to be good in two years as well, which we've said a lot, the 23-24 season. And he mentioned, I mean, hopefully, other teams in the Atlantic coming down to earth. 
And I was thinking, you know, hockey is unpredictable. You don't really know. A team could be completely fall apart like Philadelphia did. Or a team could get good way faster than you think. Or Montreal is another example of a team falling apart. Yeah. And the Stanley Cup last year. But I wonder who do we actually see. There's an obvious answer, I think. If the Sabres are going to replace one team in the playoffs that's there right now, who would be? I think it's... It's Boston? No. Really? Who I'm are you? i say here? Washington. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant the division. You all in the division? It's Boston. Uh, in the East in general? Cause yeah. If, oh, you're right about Washington. I mean, at some point, they do kind of have to be bad. I say that about Pittsburgh, too, but Pittsburgh seems to just have such such a solid pipeline of pretty good guys. There's that famous Mark Donk tweet. Like, you, you ever seen that? What one is it? It's like the Penguins always have... Uh, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, one of those guys is always hurt, but yeah. like it doesn't matter because there's a guy in the first line named Mark Donk who has four <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, the Penguins just feel like, and Crosby is still unbelievable. He had three points again today. So, he's he's over a point, well over a point of the game for the season. So, I don't think he's ever going to get old. And then Ovechkin, also been great this year, but like, is Backstrom holding on? I mean, is, also, Washington has. Major question marks in goal. Samsonov oh, and Vanacek, neither of them can grab onto that job. Yep. Yeah, that's that's huge. Is I mean, how good is their defense? Like they're good enough to make Beyond the playoffs. They're still better than us, but like Carlson, yeah, no, not not great. No, you would have thought the next like everyone fades, who is the next guy for Washington? Well, a couple years ago it said Kuznetsov, but like he's not the same guy he was when they won the cup. So getting older. I mean that's And he's also not that young. Like, right. But TJ Oshie, old. Backstrom, old. Ovechkin, old even though he's still playing well. Goaltending, bad. Yeah. They probably should never have fired Barry Trotz. Um, probably? <laughs> yeah. We're not not fired, but whatever they did. Let him walk. Yeah, yeah so that's... Definitely should not have. That's the team I would kind of look at, like, if there's anyone that falls out. But then there's teams that, you know, it's not like everyone else is just going on vacation. The Red Wings are trying to get better. Right. The Senators sometimes are trying to get better, you know. So it's like, it is interesting to kind of, I've kind of shifted to that mode of being like, who could be bad in a couple years? Right, yeah. Because I think at this point, too, the the safe (laughs) bet, the the safe bet really over these next handful of years as the Sabres are looking to to change their standing in the East is going to be more likely than not going after wildcard spots because... There's no scenario I could see, even if they are two years away from actually being legitimately good, there's no scenario where I could see them overtaking Florida or Tampa Bay because I think both of those teams are still set up to be good for a while. And Tampa, yeah, I mean, Stamkos is getting older, but you st- Kucherov is still like pretty in his prime right now. Braden Point is still in his prime. Um, Hedman still has good years in him moving forward. Vasilevsky is still, I mean, was he, 26, 27? Yeah, like, he's not old. Right, so uh, that... The, yeah, like, they also are kind of like Pittsburgh in this. They just have a new guy every year who's good. Right. So it's like, hey, guess what? Deal with this. Ross Colton's good now. Yeah, right, seriously. Just coming out of nowhere scoring 20 goals. Uh, and then in, in Florida's the same way. Florida is built to be good, like, Barkov is 26, 27. Huberto is, I think, maybe a couple years older than him, but he's Huberto's st- Huberto my age, just putting up 100 points right now. 
Uh, and he's he broke the uh, assist record for left wings with like twelve games. Yeah, right. And then they and with Florida too. I mean, they have so much young depth down the lineup too. Of guys like Carter Verhage, they have Anthony Duclair. I mean, obviously Sam Reinhart too on the blue line. Ekblad. Aaron Ekblad has been playing at a Norris rate these past couple of years. Mackenzie Weger has emerged as the top pairing option for them. Is Sam Bennett good now? Sam Bennett is good now. Yeah, I mean, they, there's just so many guys there that and throughout Spencer the lineup Knight ends up working out. Yeah, right. Be huge. You're getting a, a resurging year from Bob, too, which is nice. I mean, again, that contract is pretty good, but again, no, you it's have... it's terrible. It's a terrible yeah, contract. you have one of the best young goalie... I wouldn't call him a prospect probably anymore because he's been getting decently consistent backup minutes, but like one of the best young goalies in the NHL, most promising goalies in the NHL. You know, all of those pieces are there, and then you look elsewhere in the division. I mean, as much as we rag on him, like Toronto is built to at least be competitive mm. for a bit because well, of the fact that they have such high-end goal scoring when you have Matthews and mm. Marner. Once he UFA, though, buddy. Well, that's a different... When he goes to Arizona, it'll be a different conversation. Houston. But Houston? <laughs> he goes to Arizona for one year, and then they're... Yeah. No, they're staying. The Houston years. Arrows or whatever they'll become, yeah. Is that what they... No, I feel like that's one of the ones I've heard. Oh, man. Wasn't that their old like minor league hockey name, the Houston Arrows? Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, Toronto, though, that's another one where, yeah, they're going to have some cap troubles, but they're going to consistently be in the conversation. I think that they're going to have to figure out what's going on in goal for them, and they still have defense problems, too. But as long as Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner are there, you know, they're going to be in the playoff conversation. And. I, How long will that be? We don't know. That That's fair. We don't know. Because that could end up changing. Johnny Tavares. Not looking like... Himself, not, yeah, yeah like, oh yeah. He was a hard finalist a few years ago. Like, he's not looking like that guy anymore. Uh, Nealand yep. is solid, obviously, yeah, but like... for sure. Even if... even if Michael Bunting. Yeah. So large like, adult rookie. If Matthews resigns there, which they, you know, they would prefer, obviously. He's probably the best player in the world right now. Him or McDavid. Like, they're going to have to pay him... The absolute max. Eight by, I don't know what it'll be at that point with the salary cap going up. Uh, eight Maybe eight by 13 or more than 13 for AAV. Like, they have not, if there's one real downfall with what they've done in the past few years, they have not gotten guys to take hometown discounts or bargains or anything like that, the way, say, the Bruins have in the past. They have gotten kind of, you know, the guys that have, Ben there have gotten all of the all that they're worth. Like Marner and Nylander, Tavares, they've they're all getting paid their their worth or even a little bit more. And Matthews is will get that too. So at that point, like you're not gonna really keep all maybe you keep all four of those guys, but you won't be able to keep other guys then in that case. It's it's gonna be interesting. But yeah, I agree that they will at least be good the next two years. Yeah. And then Boston is interesting because Boston has their best player. They are good as long as Patrice Bergeron is on the team. The minute that that dude leaves, I think Boston crumbles. Really? Here's what I think could stop that, though. What's that? They have, like, one of the 12 best forwards in the world and one of the 12 best defensemen, and they have a good goalie. Yeah, but... I mean, the, Bergeron... Yeah, no, and, I know. They, uh, they need a first-line center. Oh, my God. I mean, what he does for them and what, like... For him to be the level of a difference maker that he is at his age, I, I just think that there is going to be a, a swift dose of reality coming to them. Even though they're still going to have 
Pasternak and Marchand. I mean, Marchand's getting up there in age too. McAvoy is still young, so yes, they have him. That's that is fair. But like, I don't feel overly confident about Boston's youth. I mean, aside from Pasternak and McAvoy being like firmly in their twenties still. Does Boston really have anybody else that on um, like the up and up that's really scary to you at all? Any year now, Jake DeBrusque is going to break out. I mean, he's been all right this year, but again, he <laughs> wants to leave and like yeah, that's you true. know, it, I mean, you have like Charlie Coyle is fine, but like he's not a top line guy. Like he's a good third line center for you. Um, Taylor Hall is uh, overpaid. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Like the, you know, you you have some pieces who are like okay, those guys are fine, but. I just don't, I don't know. I think that Boston is going to, maybe not as swift, but will experience a pretty rapid fall off as soon as Patrice Bergeron retires. Well, yeah, I mean, and he apparently doesn't want to play anywhere else. So, like, if he's gone, he's probably just going to retire at some point. Right. Now, playing-wise, there's no reason for him to because he's still incredible. But, like, that's going to, eventually he won't be. He's 38? Yeah. Like, he was in that... That 03 draft, right, that everyone always talks about? Correct. So he's probably, yeah, that was, what, 19 years ago? Yeah, so he's 37, 38-ish. I mean, he can't be like this forever. It just He's 36 years old, by the way, Bergeron. 36. It, okay, so But still. But yeah, like, he's... he's You're on the other side of your 30s. 26, yeah. It's, right. It's just, these things don't tend to last. So at some point, yeah, he's either going to slow down or retire... And at that point, they're going to have a huge hold center. Let's say he does it this offseason. Is he a UFA? Uh, I don't know. I mean, look and see. If his, what, I mean, at the, let's say at the end of his contract, he retires. If that's this year, Boston is probably going to be looking at the Taylor Hall and Linus Omar contracts and being like, mm, we shouldn't have done those. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to lure a center here from somewhere. Let's see. Yeah, I think he's in the last year of his contract this year, and I don't believe he has... Sign any kind of an extension. Yeah, so, so that's, that's something. It is, it is. And then, I mean, you can look at the rest of the division, too. Again, you had mentioned Detroit. Like, they're getting better. They are embracing their youth movement right now. And, you know, with guys like Raymond and Cider, they, I mean, Dylan Larkin, too, we've talked about it with them. But, like, Lucas Raymond has unlocked something in Dylan Larkin that was not there before, and he's taken a big step this year. Um, you know, I don't really feel that afraid of Montreal. I think that they have a lot of things that they need to end up figuring out. Their goaltending situation is a mess right now, and we don't know if Carey Price is going to be back. And we don't know how he's going to be when he ends up coming back also on top of that. Um, I would also like to say Detroit's goaltending situation is a mess. Yeah. They have given up 10 goals in the game twice this year. Yeah. Played 23 games, and he was a 932. This year he's played 53 games. He is a 900. Yeah, that's so, bad. That's not bad. good. Not good. And they, well, they also have Grice, right? I mean, they won't have him forever. Yeah, but he's been bad too. He is an 890, and Kelvin Picard is an 875. Yikes. about their goaltending being a mess. I don't know how much faith I would have in Nettle Jokic, um, if, if, if that's how you say his name. Yeah. Um, but, like, Montreal, like, Carey Price, who knows? And, like you said, he was, he hasn't been, like, good in the regular seasons the past couple of years. He was good in the playoffs, but. They're not getting to the playoffs unless he's really good in the regular season yep. now. And looking even like past Montreal, like or past Carey Price, I should say, like you know what, Jake Allen, Sam Montembeau, like Caden <laughs> Primo, 
Caden Primo, like these are these are not guys you want to go to the future with. So like, you can say right now there are three teams at least in the Atlantic Division that have goaltending problems. Did we add Ottawa to that list? Ottawa too. Is it four? Four, yeah. Yeah, that's a mess. Uh, the four teams that are not going to be in the playoffs this year. Yeah. All have goaltending problems. Ottawa paid Matt Murray, who is not good. No. But honestly, the best any of these four teams have, uh, if Carey Price is, you know, not coming back, obviously. Yeah, and like looking at Tampa, like I said, I just, I have faith, uh, or I have no faith that they'll really fall off because I think they'll be able to easily keep replacing guys for now. Uh, and they're, they're still really good, frankly. So. Yeah. Uh, and looking They've been at, good at drafting, too. Yeah, and then looking at the other side, is there anything we didn't talk about? Oh, the Rangers. Well, here's the thing. Your team is not going to look as good when you're not getting 930 goals. Here's the thing about the Rangers. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> but, like, how good... What if Shesterkin has a 923 every year? Or in an average year? Then they're probably just going to be good every year. Yeah. Even yeah. even if everyone they draft in the top three is garbage. <laughs> they're an interesting team, though, because... Well, they're hoping those guys get better. And they have a couple other young guys that are untouchable in trades but like they have basically one young player who's playing well outside of Shesterkin and that's Adam Fox yeah but he's even not having as good of a year this year as he was last year defensively yeah but like yeah so they have two three actually they have three unbelievable forwards this year Kreider's Mm -hmm. getting 50 goals which I I literally can't believe just crazy Panarin uh, is on the short list of best guys in the league and then Zibanejad now you know Solid thirty goal guy. You can you can rely on him to get thirty goals for you. All of those guys are on the wrong side of thirty. Yep. Like that's. Or at least I'm pretty sure Zabanishad is. Very not. He's not. He's close. Those guys uh, have a few a couple years in them for sure. When they start to decline or whatever, maybe who knows how long they've had them. Um, what are they gonna have? It's gonna be interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it'll be something, but like, it. Pretty clear to me right now that they should not have confidence in Lafreniere and Kako or really anyone, any young forward going forward being like, this is going to be your team. In two yeah, years. no, that's fair. I, I think the Rangers are a team that, because of how good Shesterkin is and will more likely than not continue to be, but because of maybe some of the deficiencies in the rest of their lineup and not having those guys who are really going to be able to step up, they're a team that I could totally see being in purgatory where... They're not bad enough to bottom out and get somebody good in the draft, but Shesterkin is going to be good enough to keep them in like as like a middling team who's never going to be good enough to get over the hump. Yeah, it makes sense. Now we've talked about every team. Wow. In the East, pretty much, right? Just we about. I mean, Carolina is the other one, I guess. That's a bit, uh, the Sabres, I don't know. I mean, they seem like they're just going to be good for a while. So. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? Yep, yeah. Any other thoughts you'd like to share? No, I mean, do you have any recommendations? Yeah, I do, actually. Vince Staples' new album, really, really good. I, I think I went a couple years ago when he put out his album, uh, FM, um, I think I might have recommended that. I've been a big fan of his for a bit now, and he put out a new album on Friday, and it, my God, that dude, it, it's so cool seeing younger artists who, with each passing release, just seem to get better and better, and Vince Staples is totally one of those guys, so... If you're a rap fan and looking for a new album to check out and have not checked out Vince Staples' new album yet, go do it. You will not regret it. It is so good.
What about you? What's your recommendation? So, I, I know you have sad news to share with yeah, the people. Yeah, disappointing everyone in the audience. I'm sure I did not have time to see Morbius. <laughs> so I can't share uh, whatever uh, fun stuff is going on there. I have a movie I'm excited about. So you'll find out if it's a rec- actually a recommendation either Thursday show or next Monday show. But one thing I was able to see, and look, this is going to be the most obvious recommendation in the history of this podcast. But I saw The Godfather on the big screen for the first time. It's a 50th anniversary release, and I'm not sure how that's they're doing that for the rest of the country. I saw it at North Park Theater on Hurdle, and it was only there for a few days. It's not there anymore, and I don't think it's around here. But who knows where you live? You could be listening to this podcast anywhere in the world. If your city has it, I recommend seeing it. Even if you've seen it, I really liked it on the big screen. It was just a really cool thing to be able to see that movie on the big screen. If you haven't heard, pretty good movie. Not bad. Yeah, not, not bad. Yeah, it's and honestly, it's no Morbius. No, it's unfortunately no. But there is a guy named Morbius in it. But he's a different guy. He's like a loan shark. So, if you're a person who's never seen The Godfather, and you like movies, but you're like, I mean, come on, how good could it be? But like, it's it's incredible. Like, I used to be like a. Uh, Ah, uh, The Godfather, whatever. It's overrated guy, but, like, I, you know, I'm very much over that. It's it's awesome. It's it's incredible. And the last, I guess not a spoiler, but the end of the movie, the last shot in particular, is, like, one of the best shots I've ever seen. And honestly, here's a fun thing. Francis Ford Coppola, who directed it, uh, is coming out with a movie this year. Really? I thought he was dead, but he's not. He's if you would have asked me, movie. I probably would have said so as well. <laughs> yeah. So, good movie. Uh... Some some good up and comers there. Al Pacino, James Caan, Robert Duvall, Diane Keaton. I think they all have a future. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. No. Very cool. Very cool. It's a it's a good recommendation. I love when you recommend indie films. Yeah. Just <laughs> a little movie you might have heard of. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe once or twice. Yeah. No. Very cool. Very cool. All right, everybody. Well, we'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday. For that episode two, we're very excited to welcome Josh from Evolving Wild slash Evolving Hockey slash now Evolving Sabres. Uh, we're very psyched to have him on for the first time, one of the uh, the brothers who run that account. So going to be a really, really great episode, good interview that we really want you guys to tune into. So stick around and stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, this has been another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their websites, whatever streaming platform you are currently using to stream this episode, as well as on social media. Also, you're making sure you're checking out us on social media straight up sabers on facebook twitter and instagram make sure you're also subscribed or following us on whatever your streaming platform of choice is for all you apple listeners make sure you leave us a review too we'd appreciate it i totally forgot about the fact that you can actually do that on apple podcasts so yeah yeah leave us a review we'd very much appreciate it but again Make sure you are following us and subscribe to us or whatever you are doing. on Whatever you can do on your streaming platform, make sure you're doing that for us. And then, of course, last but not least, DraftKings. Make sure you're checking that out and using promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. Once again, everybody, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Have a great start to your week. This has been Straight Up Sabres.